Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, we'll be coming to you with an older interview. Now, this was actually the first interview I ever recorded. Um, it was from Mark Bowden, as I um, heard on the recording when I was listening, to make sure I could pronounce his name correctly. I don't in, the, in, in it. I was re- it was so funny to listen back to myself because I was so confident in this episode. It was great. I was so excited to be talking to someone of, of his class. You know, Mark is just absolutely epic. Follow him online. He's brilliant. What a what an inspiring dyslexic. I, I follow him on LinkedIn and YouTube, and he's brilliant. So without further ado, this is a great episode, so listen if you haven't heard it before, and I'll be back next week with another couple of pearls. Hey guys, happy Easter. This is, um, this is a real important podcast, and I think it's probably one of my best so far, if I don't say so myself. This is the interview with international speaker Mark Bowden. Uh, he is absolutely awesome. What a cool human being to spend the time with me to go through some of these challenges dyslexics have. Um, it was a flowing conversation. It's interesting. There's so many little gems in it uh, around how to deal with confidence, how to how to actually succeed with dyslexia in spite of it. You know, he's written four books. You know, it's hard for a dyslexic, so well done. You know, there's lots of great stuff. He's a he's a coach on body language and, and everything. He's got a great TED Talk. Um, really cool human being. So really enjoy this podcast. I hope you love it. Uh, if you do, make sure you share it around. I think this could help anyone who's a visual thinker. So uh, thank you, guys, and let's dig straight in. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. This is uh, an interview uh, that we're doing with international speaker, Mark and it's is Bowden or Bowden? I say Bowden. Yeah, Bowden. I say Bowden. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so, welcome to the podcast, Mark. Um, thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Great to be here. Yeah. yeah. So, I've been watching some of your stuff, and it is amazing what you've what you've created. Um, and it's it's great to speak to someone with such a great dyslexia, you know, story. Someone who's dyslexic who would have had his challenges, and what you've managed to create, and how you've used your gift um, to benefit so many people. Yeah. So, so tell tell the uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. A little bit about your story would be would be wonderful. Yeah. Sure. So, um, so here's what I do. I'm an expert in human behaviour and body language, and I go all over the world uh, helping people stand out, win trust, and gain credibility every time they communicate. And I do that through the use of nonverbal communication or, or helping people with their nonverbal communication as as the starting point to that idea of trust and credibility and certainly confidence as well you know how do you feel confident when you're up there and speaking in front of people and and communicating and i've been just fascinated with this area of nonverbal communication and the visual image since i was a little kid uh you're fascinated with with animal behavior and human behavior and why people do what they do and and got really obsessed as a kid with just the visual image got really good at at making visual images and Mm. um and, and obsessed with with animation and how how moving images create feelings uh, in us and can get an g- incredible story across. So you know that's how I've arrived here. I've written four books mm. on human behavior and and, and body language, uh, and really from that ob- obsession and fascination with the visual image and movement. 
Wow. That's, and that's, and to be honest, that's, that's where the dyslexic mind goes is we're so yeah. visual. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I think, you know, I think there are probably two sides to that. One side would be that, uh, you know, some of the way some of us are wired up, you know, for want of a better metaphor, um, uh, it's, you know, we, we work a lot with, with pictures, mm -hmm. some of us and, and different pictures, even those, those people who may not be dyslexic, who think, oh, I know I work with pictures. Uh, you know, for some of us, our pictures are round different ways as yeah. well. The way they orientate themselves, are, are kind of different. So though you may feel, okay, I work in pictures for some of us with this, uh, dyslexia, even the pictures that we have are not the same as your pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's that. And, and because I think many of us have problems with, with reading and writing, it's kind of a good generalization mm -hmm. that, that we, we don't often, you know, at first excel in that area. Um, we, it causes us often to gravitate towards the visual image because we, we stand a chance of success <laughs> in that area in a way with reading and writing. You know, often many of us haven't had that experience of, of initial mm -hmm. success. Though, though, you know, having said it down the line, you know, I've written, I've written four books. Yeah. So it's possible, but you have to get help. Well, it's, <laughs> that's it's, the thing. it's so interesting you say that because um, I was looking at the four books and I said, wow, that's, that's brilliant. And I, and this is one of the, the things we're trying to dispel with dyslexia is what it really is. And, right. you know, like I myself can write a thousand word article in 30 minutes. I, it just flows right. out of me. But again, right. I need someone to check the grammar, make sure it's in English, <laughs> not in French. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Um, I mean, I don't know what it was like for you when you first started going to school and, and learning that reading and writing. And, and But certainly for me, you know, it was, it was, it was a little bit horrific, I have to say, mm -hmm. just because... Uh, my work would be read out in front of the class. Mm. And of course it was, when the teacher read it out, it was nonsense. It was just, it was not, you know, and it's so disappointing as a kid because I knew what I'd written and I knew, mm. and I was excited by what I'd, I'd written. And when it came out, it was something completely different. And then when essays, when any writing would come back to me, it was just so covered in red. Yeah. <laughs> there was just more red. There was more red than than you know what I'd what I'd written. And so you can see how some of us could easily get put off. Yeah. And and but like you say, you know, you can you can turn out really great work it just it needs help from somebody who's patient enough to be able to do the conversion and say and say hey what did, what did you mean <laughs> when you wrote that it is the conversion because like, like i remember at school like i was when i was brought up it was around dyslexia um my, my parents had a belief that hey if, if i tell you there's not a problem with it there won't be a problem with it for years so i kind sure. of hit it um but i also was lucky enough to have a reader writer and you know talking about conversion when I got someone who verbally took my words, put them on paper, he yeah. said he couldn't keep up with it. He said, your brain works so fast and yeah. it's so correct. It's just, you can't convert it onto the written word. And, and yeah. so it's, it's amazing how the stuff for children has changed, but for, for yourself, and, and I was only on the cusp of it when it was coming in, uh, you know, it's built so many negative associations, doesn't it? Yeah. So some of the work that I started with, um, this was back when I was kind of in my 
early 20s, I started working with uh, what we called back then, and I don't know whether the terminology is still the same, but but at, at risk of offense, ex-offenders, and and um, so 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 people who were in the criminal justice system or were probably going to get into it were high risk, or they were ex-offenders mm. as well. And it turned out, you know, literacy was a huge, huge part of the part of the thing. Uh, you know, what do you do if you can't read or you know, it's, it's the world is such a a literate world. I mean, language is so important for human beings. There's nothing on the planet that has language like our languages. There's other um, organisms out there with the language, but not like our language. Our language is super, super complex, mm. um, brilliant, many different languages, and, and we develop this this language ability. So, we're, so, we're, so humans are we're, we're language things. Yeah. But what if? part of the way of delivering that language is cut off for you or it's just not the same it's a real um yeah it's a, it's a real issue in in worlds and societies whereby like how do you do a job job application and get through mm -hmm. how do you open a bank account i mean that was one of the things for the the offenders and at risk of offense it's like well i can't open a bank account so i don't really want to go and get a job because they're going to pay me with a check and i can't put the money in so i'm trying to find stuff where they pay me cash and that's you know, <laughs> it's a little bit dodgy you know so so i end up in kind of this dodgy world full of cash and 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 not being able to you know, write my name on anything or open a bank account. I mean, so look, and 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 we've all been very, you know, you and I. My guess is we've been pretty lucky yeah. in in that, and we've persevered, and we've and we haven't managed to get ourselves into those kind of situations. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge amount who who do. Well, uh, recently I was watching an interview with Malcolm Gladwell, and he talked mm. about dyslexia in his one of his recent books. I think it was David and Goliath, yeah. and, he, and he was saying, you know. Dyslexics make up forty percent of the millionaires. They also make right. up a much higher population of prisoners. So, yeah. Like, yeah. what I find with the dyslexic population is we go one way or the other. We, we don't yeah. we don't sit in the middle. <laughs> we either go down or up. Yeah, and it's not because we have criminal minds. No, no, no. It's not just, just, you know, if you meet a dyslexic, it's not you're not going to. Oh, they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. They're either going to be a millionaire or they're most likely to be bad. No, it's it's just it's just we're in a language world. Mm. Um, or, or certainly, the majority of people on the planet are really working in a at a good level of of written and um, uh, and reading uh, mm. language world, and and we're not so good in that uh, area, and so we don't fit in. And uh, but of course, you know, you've got all these millionaires. Well, well, why? Just we got we got some great ways around stuff, yeah. and again, that's partly because of the way we're thinking. Uh, and, and again, for one of a better metaphor, the way the brain is wired up for us. And it's also because we've learned resilience and we've learned mm. to get around stuff because we, we have goals as, as great as anybody else's goals, but our ways to get them, we have to find different ways to get them. And sometimes we find a way to get something that nobody else has thought of because they were able to take the usual way. We find some, you know, amazing ways to get to stuff some of them are just lazy ways and nobody's done the lazy way <laughs> you know if you want to know how to get something done economically find the laziest person you know and go how would you do this 
Yeah, <laughs> you know. mate, I 100% agree. And we, we, what I've, what, I was watching someone and he was talking about it. And because I guess dyslexics are drawn to metaphors, mm. uh, I'll just move out of the light. It's very bright yeah. here in the morning. There we go. Um, the, uh, you know, actually being able to get there, he, he talked about the dyslexic brain being like Wikipedia and the non-dyslexic brain being more like an encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Encyclopedia is words with definitions, but they're all in order. The dyslexic brain is more like Wikipedia because it's got so many quick links across a whole variety that we can draw on things that just don't connect with anyone else. Yeah, so that that's exactly what the the actual brain science is is telling us. So this isn't an idea that dyslexics have come up with to kind of <laughs> fantasize that we're some kind of super. This is just you know if you look at the neurology of a dyslexic against somebody who may not be that. Some of the, here's some of the differences or, or a major difference that you're going to find is is um, between, so I mean, look, it's all one brain, but we can say that the brain has areas because we know parts of the brain do different stuff. We also know that, um, that uh, if you stop doing something, those parts of the brain will get co-opted by other parts of the brain. So the brain can change, but it tends to compartmentalize into little bits that do different stuff and for the majority of people we would have we'd have links between one part of the brain and the other part of the brain they're able to talk to each other mm-hmm. now with dyslexics we've got long links between parts of the brain so for for the majority of people not every part of the brain links up with every other part of the brain mm-hmm. for us a lot more of the brain is a linked with a lot more of the brain so, you know, this bit could be well attached to that bit over there. And because these parts of the brain do different things, it's just there's there's a bit of a bigger feeling about the world sometimes for us. So what happens for me, and, and, and you know, tell me how this fits, fits for you, mm-hmm. is that somebody will start talking about something and my, though it can, my mind can really concentrate on what they're saying. At the same time, my brain's gone into this massive picture yeah. and gone, oh, but that's linked with that and that's linked with that. And you can this and that, and it will go backwards in history and forwards in history. And it will link up like everything that I know to that, oh, to mate, that thing. You're, you're speaking to the, you're speaking, you're preaching the gospel. It's <laughs> right. amazing. Like, I, like I love doing meetings with clients and sitting down for an hour and creating a new business model for them that they didn't even see. Right, and right. stuff like that, or just chatting to someone about something that they couldn't even, you know, conceptualize. I can do it having never met them before, and right. it's a real dyslexic ability to be able. Oh, it's to- a massive skill. Mm-hmm. It's a massive. It's a massive skill. It's a great skill for for innovation. It's a great skill for business thinking if you want a new way of thinking you want to think differently in business it's a great if you want to expand the horizon of the business or you just want to think again about a problem Mm -hmm. like like just in your organization just send a message out going who's dyslexic here yeah (laughs) can we get you in a can we get you in a room i mean get get <laughs> it doesn't matter who they are. Just get them in a room and go. Look, here's what we're thinking about, and yeah. find out what the dyslexic comes up with, because you know it's a fair gamble that they will come up with something that you have not thought of. Now, that's not to say it'll be good, mm. but I guarantee you won't have thought of it. You absolutely won't have, have, have thought of it. 
Yeah, it has to be filtered, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's everything and anything that comes out. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, sometimes I'll be in conversations with people uh, <laughs> and it'll get to the point where I go, yeah, no, I think I've completely lost the plot for them now. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've taken, this, taken this way too mm. wide and way too far. Uh, for it to to really kind of stick with them now. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's and that probably brings me on to another point around language and the way our minds work is, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I saw this with a group we had. We had a um, we had a couple of dyslexics in a in a business group, and I mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm getting better at picking them. It's kind of fun. You can kind of go, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> you know, TV shows. That's an obvious one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but watching the way his brain worked you can see how amazing we can build up realities in our minds, the pictures in our heads to create what we want. But it's so interesting to watch the um, impractical nature of some of it because it's so beyond. It's like the actual practical nature of getting there. You know, you can watch and say, oh, I know you're never going to do that because you can't see the cause and effect, the steps to reach it, although mm -hmm. you can mentalize it. And, and what this came down to is, I did a course on uh, Davis dyslexia. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. No. It's, it's probably the, the best, the best, in my opinion, dyslexia course in the world. And they, they, do, they help autism and dyslexia. It's all around correction, et cetera. And what they taught is they said the big challenge with dyslexia and language is we're very good at physical words like table. We can see a table, okay. we can feel a table. But the challenge we have is non-physical words like responsibility, time, things that don't have a physical nature. We can't mm. do what exactly you said. We pull pictures out of our brains that aren't actually accurate. Um, but if you ask a dyslexic, what is responsibility? They'd give you a dictionary uh, terminology. They'd spoil it out. They'd speak about it as much as they could. They could basically make you think they knew what it was, but mm -hmm. you know, they can't identify with it because responsibility isn't hooked into their personality yeah so that's really interesting because because i i think i think i've kind of made my business out of making some of these conceptual things actionable mm -hmm. so because here's what happens for me is that you yeah you know, table obviously i get like yeah i get i get table and my brain instantly goes, okay, what kind of table? And yeah. <laughs> let me give you the history of all tables and let's build a table and, and experiment with tables instantly. Then you go responsibility and my brain immediately goes, how do you do that? Yeah. My brain instantly goes, let's get the action together for responsibility. And that I'm doing a lot with my clients. They'll go, okay, well, you know, uh, our organization you know, we need to be, have that, that value of responsibility and we need to be seen as more responsible. So I'm like, okay, well then what would you have to do in, in order to be more responsible for your clients? And they'll often go, uh, what? what? What do you mean? What do you have to do? It's like yeah, physically, like what would I have to see? What would I have to see to know that you're being responsible for me? And they'll go, well, I guess we do this, this, this. And I'll go, okay, well, do it for me now. Do it on me. Mm. Like do responsibility <laughs> for me now. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think you know it's interesting what you're saying there because I think if I've done, you know, one of the things I've, I'm doing constantly is trying to bring some of these concepts into an actionable reality mm. that would affect other people's lives rather than allowing them to be ideals or ideas mm. that that people 
still have. And that's been a problem for for, for companies and, and the way their organizations work and their brands and the because they go, you know, we need to we need to have values. We need to work by our values. And we need people need to know our values and we need to live by our values. And it's like, so we've written the values on a website. Mm. And, if you, like, and if you if you look at those value-driven words, when you actually look at them, so many of them are these words that don't have physical representations. And right. what you start to notice in new small businesses is that are run by dyslexics, they're much more actionable values. They're much more verbally, you know, connected. Um, I'll try and think of an example, but it's it's around taking an action. It's like um, world-class training, you know, is right. friend's value in his business. So you can picture world-class training. You know, right. maybe it's you on a stage. It's world-class training that gives results as opposed to we will look after our clients every deep and deep desire. And you know what I mean? Right. We work, we work every day with integrity. Mm, yeah. Integrity right. is a terrible word. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, how would I know that? Like that's so you say. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, so I instantly go, well, well, what would happen if that's true? what would physically happen and, and how would it happen at the level where people would get it immediately? They'd walk into your environment and they'd go, now that's integrity. Yeah. <laughs> rather than rather than reading it on a website and then never seeing it actually, actually happen. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people fall into the idea of creating these values and never turning them into actions and outcomes and experiences. Well, that, people. and that's how we learn experiences like this. This course I did was all around experiential learning. You know, there right. wasn't any whiteboards. There was literally clay. You created the, the, the you created everything with your hands. You went in the world to experience it. You looked at experiences because it's the only way we learn. You know, I don't know about you, but I can I can read a book 10 times. I'll get three things out of it. And right. it was a big waste of time, you know, do you know right. what I mean? versus I can watch a video in 10 minutes, get the same three things out of it and then carry on. But it's just the way our brains work. We can, we yeah, can I don't, I don't read books very well. You know what, <laughs> what I do is, I mean, I kind of read, I'm not sure whether I read or not. I, 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 I read stuff and then, and then I, I kind of guess what was in it. <laughs> you make up a story about it. <laughs> yeah, I make up this. I I have this. I kind of read it, and I have this idea of what's in it. And people will go, "Oh, have you read that book?" And I go, "Yeah, no, I have. I have read that book." They go, "What did you What did you think about it?" And I start off on like, "Here's what," and they're like, "Wow, I, like I I didn't get that in it." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I I I totally did. I totally got that." Yeah, yeah, and I don't know whether it's in it or not, or I just make up my idea of what's what's in the book from key words that I've stumbled across well, as I've gone through it. It's kind of like our minds hook into the – we're very intuitive, aren't we? So we, we hook into the intuition behind the book. That like we, we pull an intuition, then we add our own stories in. Right. So I'm pretty good at, at, at hearing ideas that people have or reading the ideas that people have and going, okay, here's what the idea is really about. Here's the, so I, I create my own, you know, underlying, I guess, you know, support for what I, for the, for the central mm. idea. And again, in the work that I do, I'm often helping people create their own speeches, create their own keynotes, create, you know, I'm, I'm training people mm. in 
public speaking and and in in um, and in presentation. So I'm able to hear what they want to talk about, and and I go. So I think I think what this is really about is you know X, and they're like, wow, yeah, no, I think it kind of is, <laughs> and then and then I can create a bigger, grander narrative and put it in 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 context with history and other events and other industries and weave something which is which is on the whole just bigger and grander and more exciting. It's more dramatic than what they had in their in their idea and, and I don't fear that as well I don't fear that creativity simply because I, I don't have anything else and all I got so so I don't I don't fear it and and um I was recently well no through a few years ago two or three years ago I, I was at my um my son's with my son doing his drumming lessons he has drumming lessons with a great drum teacher called Chris Lesso and Chris was saying, hey, Lex, Lex is my son. He's going, hey, Lex, um, you know, it's really great because you're really creative. And uh, and afterwards, I said to Chris, so so you were saying that Lex is really uh, creative, and I don't doubt that, but what, you know, what was it that that's remarkable for you about? And he said, well, you know, when I ask him to to do something, to make something up, just to fill the space with something, he just, he just does it. And I was like, well, don't, don't, doesn't everybody do that? And he goes, no, no. Some mo most people, when you say, "Hey, just make st something up," they go, "Well, what? What? Tell me what to make up. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want? Like, uh, give me the things yeah. <laughs> to do." And and I suddenly realized, oh, I, I'm. Those of us who feel that we're creative, we're we're doing something really quite different, which is we're filling the space with something that isn't there already. And most people don't do that. Most people go, tell me what should be in the space. Yeah. They want to get it right. Did you find it hard, you know, in saying that, do you find like I struggle personally with putting myself into the mindset of those people? Like I, I hear what you're saying and I completely agree from the outside, but I struggle to, I don't know, the words empathize or um, connect with them because my mind works so differently. My mind is on such yeah. a different path. Um, I, like I'm more like your son and yourself, but it, it's how does, you know, you, you look at the, ex, I call them average. I call them PCs. I see mm -hmm. the 36 is Mac, Mac, Apple Max. There's less of us, but we're better. And uh, <laughs> PCs as the greater population, the, the more yeah. I call them average people that, uh, you know, that don't have our, our gift. And um it's it's hard sometimes to really bridge that gap. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so uh, so I don't ha I don't have a problem being empathetic to the other ways of of thinking. Um, in the same way that I wouldn't have a problem being empathetic to somebody who's who's on the spectrum somewhere, mm -hmm. or or uh, you know maybe dyslexia somewhere on that. I don't think you know mm. people tend to put it on that spectrum, but. They might eventually. I don't know. Uh, so I don't have a problem being empathetic. However, I do sometimes get frustrated and and impatient mm. around it. Like I have to watch my patience when people can't come up with something or when people hit a block, when people are like, no, 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 we're stuck there. We can't go. And I, my brain's just mm -hmm. like, we'll just 
just that doesn't exist. Just go around it. Just it doesn't go fast. Uh, I'm I'm way over here, and and you're still back there. So, so I don't I I I wouldn't for me call it a lack mm. of empathy, but I for sure feel the frustration. Yeah, uh, and, and that, around it. That brings us on to one of your key topics that I've watched. Um, and if anyone listening wants to see Mark, he's done a great TED talk and get a bit more information. Like, but you talk about um, inauthentic versus authentic, and it's it's mm -hmm. quite true. Like, if we were our authentic selves in that situation. We would just go. I'm done with you. I'm walking away. This is the How does your brain work? Uh, you know, goodbye. You know, but we don't. We do put our inauthentic. Like dyslexics probably run their inauthentic selves so much more. We're so good at mimicking to try and fit in because we've had to. Uh, how right. do you think that all all affects? I guess. Tell us a bit about your story. Yeah. Well, you know, from my background in in having to manage not being able to produce the levels of work in certain areas that most other people can mm. you have to you have to make up that you can <laughs> you have to you have to look like you can um and that's that's partly because you've got to get by and partly because the pain of of uh admitting in front of everybody like i can't do this mm. it's just too it's just too painful to do it man you know you're there with all your friends and kids and 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 adults and it's like no i can't like i can't read this i don't know what this says no i can't i can't handle money i don't know <laughs> like i don't know i don't know what that coin is <laughs> no yeah. i can't do left this is a funny one so um so i can't do left or right and uh and you know the amount of people who go who goes, you know, so what do you, what happens with dyslexia? Is there, you know, reading and writing? And I go, well, you know, one of the main things for me is left and right. I don't, if you tell me left or right, there's no difference. And they instantly go, well, you could do this. And it's like, no, that, those are the same to me. That's the same thing. Those, that, there's no difference between the two. They're like, no, because one's, one's, it's like, no, no, it's, it's not like, and, and then I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty well educated and I'm a smart person. Do you not think I'd have worked that out by now? Do you not think like, I'm almost fifty? Do you not think I'd have worked that out? Yeah. So, so you have to uh, you have to put on a good act. You have to put on a good act. Not not only um, to get by, but also to stop yourself getting too angry and aggressive with with the world mm. uh around you so so yeah i have this this uh tedx talk on uh how to be inauthentic or 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 or, or the importance of being inauthentic and and really actually the, the the focus of that speech is really on as human beings how all of us need to uh think a bit bigger and suspend our judgments, our instincts about people, and really try and look at them again and and investigate them because we'll miss incredible opportunities if we take our first judgments mm. about about people. Just as you know, all of us listening to this may well have been judged at some point on our abilities. Uh, and and wished that people had taken a second look or given us a longer amount of time 
so that we could really be assessed properly and be seen you know what what was really there could be could be seen that's awesome yeah and and it's so true like we we all feel it's so easy to feel judged by others because people don't take that time um you know i used to have huge anxiety around it over over time with some of the work i've done it's right. gone which is brilliant um i don't have that i just stopped caring um <laughs> and just realized that people you know my belief is this you know there's over seven billion people in the world um, if we don't get on, thank you for qualifying yourself out of my life. Get <laughs> right. <speed> it up. <laughs> right. But it's right. hard to do that. It, it takes time. It's not a. It's not like a, a natural thing. Um, but you know, I guess I guess where I'm going with this is around confidence. Is yeah. You know, this affects confidence in dyslexics, and you know, the group Adult Dyslexia Secrets we set up is um, the biggest question we're getting is confidence. This the self confidence that is is lacking due to mistakes and errors and feeling not good enough. You know, what would you say to someone who, who has that question? Or that problem? Yeah. Um, so it's being bold and clearly communicating a little bit more, I think. Well, so two things. First is, is I think there's two things and they're, they're kind of polar opposites. And I think you've got to do both and they're both at the opposite and where they're not is in the middle ground somewhere. So I think at one opposite, there's the whole fake it until you make it thing, mm. which I'm a big uh, believer in, simply because I'm a believer in the idea of fake. Like fake is an incredible thing. There are some brilliant fakes out there mm -hmm. that are so fake, so brilliant fakes. They're the real thing. They're so brilliant. Even the people who 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 make the thing you know uh damien hurst uh, the artist once got a uh one of his uh, um one of his workers came to him and said look i need a new extension on the back of my house and would you would you paint me a dots would you paint me a dots because then i could sell it and and damien was like uh yeah you can have a dots but you're gonna paint it because you paint them much better than me <laughs> they're much better when you paint them like you paint it i'll sign it but I'm not painting it because it won't be as good as if you paint it. So there's some great fakes out there. So fake it until you make it. Like, like look at the behaviors of people. Look at the actions of people who you see as, as stars, who you see as people who are getting on, who are getting the results mm. that you want. Look at their behaviors and copy their behaviors and do their behaviors. Because if you can copy that behavior, even a fraction, it means it was your behavior. You can't do anything that you're not able to do. And, and even if it feels a bit unwieldy and people go, oh, I think you're kind of putting on that behavior. Well, don't listen to them. You've only just started doing the faking. Like you're not going to be a brilliant fake, first <laughs> of all. A brilliant fake will come over time. And you're going to get so good at it that you'll be doing it. It'll be you. You'll be practiced in it. So number one, if you want to walk in there confident and, and talk confident and be confident, do the behaviors of one of the most confident people you know that you respect for their confidence. One of those people you look at and go, I want to be that confident. They're confident in a really good way, and I want to be that confident. Like copy them, hang out with them sit around with them, mirror them, yeah, and, and be proud to go out and give those behaviors because 
They're your behaviors because that's how you notice them. You, you, you know it inside. You know that's what I could be. Mm. So start being that. So there's that, okay? Now, the opposite end of that is, is tell people what you can't, you're not good at and you can't achieve and make it their problem. Doesn't have to be your problem anymore. Yeah. If you, if, um, so, you know, I go to the bank and, and at the bank, because they're lazy, <laughs> I don't blame them. That's fine. They're lazy. We're all lazy. <laughs> bank. And, and, I, and, and they want me to fill in the numbers when I give in a check. They want me to fill in the numbers. And I'm like, well, okay. So I'm dyslexic, which means that if I put the numbers down, chances are they won't be in the order that you would like. And we can have them in the order that you would like, which means you'll put the numbers in, or we can have them in the order that uh, I will put them down in, which my, my gamble is, is that you won't, you won't like that, but it's up to you. Mm. <laughs> so I'm just, it's like, that's now, what do you want to do about that? Because I'm, I'm good either way. <laughs> but if you, want, if you want the world your way, you're going to need to be responsible for it. That's what I'm telling everybody out there if they uh so i i lecture at universities and 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 you know there's a chalkboard and there's whiteboards and and it's like when i when i get there i go okay so i'm i'm let me write that down and i go so i'm, I'm gonna write some stuff down here i'm dyslexic which means when i write stuff down it's not necessarily written in the way that you would like it but i'm okay with that <laughs> and, then I, and then i start and like people are fine they're like okay but if i don't tell them that mm. they start going yeah that's not spelt right you know and and they're they're doing their best to try and be helpful in the world but it's not helpful for me because i can't do it right mm. it doesn't matter if they if they say here's how it's spelt i can't do it like that so i just i just try and so there's there's being very dishonest you know <laughs> about it faking it and it's not dishonest because it's you anyway. And there's being very, very honest around it. And 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 I think you got to do both. I think that's that certainly really worked for me recently. That's that's brilliant, Mark. And and this is it's it's kind of goes back to what I was saying around we're either a hundred percent one way or hundred percent the other way. You're either fully mm -hmm. honest or you're fully fake. And and it's I just find dyslexics don't sit in the middle. That's the biggest difference. We. We can be on either extreme and we can be on both extremes in the same hour. <laughs> you know, right. you know, it's like I find myself being the least hypocritical person in the world and then the most hypocritical <laughs> person within the right. same and, and both at the same time. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we're able to we're able to hold some of those those contrasts mm. at the same time and not descend to the middle ground. Yes. And 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 that's you know, and it's it's very easy for us, I guess, to use kind of negative words like descending to the middle ground because you know, uh, it's just we don't we don't see the world as lots of middle grounds. There's lots of contrast. I get, I, I guess, like for word. us. I like that word, and I haven't thought of it like that. So contrast is a great word for that because it is. You know, we just we're like either all in or all out. It's it's right. how can we get to the how can you know no one no one wants to get no one wants to be fifth in a race of ten people, do we? We either we either right. go all in and be first or we want to be last, we don't care. Yeah, yeah. So so people often invite me to play golf and they're like they're like so uh, you know, they'll go, I'm I really like my golf and and, and you should come and play sometime. I'm like, no, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't come and play because because um 
I, I've come to the point in my life where uh, I'm, I, I want to be really good at anything I do, and it will take too long to get good at that. So I'm all out on yeah. that. It's like I will, I will sit and I'll wait for you to finish, mm. and I'll have a drink with you, and I'll, I'll love having a chat with you after you've played golf, but I'm not ruining your day and ruining mine. I'm playing yeah. golf. <laughs> I know exactly the feeling. It's like I could put, like I play a lot of football, and okay. I and you know I, I loved seeing Real Madrid on your website. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome! What an experience that must have been. Um, but we, as I say, I play a lot of football. Other sports, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm out. I'm just going to focus on one and do it. Try it rather than ten. Right. So there's this for for, for many of us. I think there's that that acute focus. Mm. You know, there's something we we get our minds on a goal, and we're and we kind of head for it, and and the the barriers. Um, well, we're very persistent with the barriers, and I'm not sure again whether that's the neurology that we're born with or the persistence that we've learnt in order to you know get through stuff, or maybe a a, mm. a bit of both. I'm not I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure, but I know um, certainly what I've heard from the mind from from ideas around the dyslexic mindset is is persistence is huge. Focus, mm -hmm. the ability to focus, and the ability to be persistent uh, is very very common for us. Yes, I was funny enough. I was watching an ADHD video, and mm -hmm. they call, they call it hyperfocus, and they say it's um you know because it's because they're all on a similar spectrum. Yeah. They they really um they, they say it's just so common. You know, pick something, go for it, and just make sure you keep it in front of your mind. And they, they talk a lot about vision boards. You know, again, vision boards make sense for dyslexics because they're visual instead of having a forty five page written goal bloody Bible. Right. Um, you know, and stuff like that makes a lot of sense. It's just so vital. But to be honest, Mark, thank you so much. I don't want to take up too much of your time. You've been absolutely awesome. Oh, it's been great, great talking about this, and and I hope uh, you know people will keep the discussion going. And and you know, one of the best things we can all do is is talk about this and discuss it, and and you know, compare notes mm -hmm. on what it's like to be in these these mindsets. Um, and and I think you know, promote promote ourselves to the world uh, out there. We've got some useful. Useful stuff. I would I would say to people because uh, I think it's a really good um, uh, a really good idea. There's a great organisation out there called Made by Dyslexia, yes. run by uh, Kate Griggs, um, who's who's fantastic. And uh, and uh, you know head over to there because there's some really kind of motivational um, mm. work happening there in terms of us being um, I guess proud of of the world that we've created the whole idea is is the world that we're in right now is one that's been made by dyslexic innovation you know this this technology uh is you know the idea is technology that that is around us and has been around throughout history it's been this kind of mindset that's mm. created that that world um so head over to uh, to Made by Dyslexia if you can and check that out. Yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. We we post a few of their videos. They're just right. they would they would be the leading organization in the world. You know, we kind of look up to them a bit and how we can get better and better. And and Kate's done such a great 
a great thing. One, one of my bucket lists is to interview Richard Branson at some point. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a tough one to get hold. He's always hanging out on an island somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Or jumping exactly. out of a plane or promoting. So, I mean, the guys, again, you know, Branson is a classic example of that dyslexic relentlessness. Mm. I mean, just relentless. Just he does not stop and he fixes his mind on, on an idea and he and he goes for it. And I, I mean, he'd said himself, he's not... He's not the smartest guy. He's the most relentless. Yeah. He's the, he's the one who'll who'll have a big vision and and head for it and get and and you know he says it all the time and get help. Yeah. Get get help and that's really hard for a lot of us is to go look I need I need help with this. That is that is the hardest thing, isn't it? Honestly, like I struggle as well. It's it's taken me so long to build a team, but over right. time, like I. You know, I ended up finding I've got a, a company over in the Philippines that just basically run my life. You know, right. my my assistant runs my my indoor football team and puts the times up in the group and makes sure people shows up because it's not my thing. But yeah, yeah and I'm I'm the same. Uh, you know, everything is in is is put into here, and I just do my day by. I mean, it's a it's a very uh, you know privileged life to to a certain extent. To a certain extent, I, I wouldn't be able to. Take in that amount of of minute day or get anywhere because I can't do left and right. So you know, yeah. like I need to be taken, I need to be picked up and taken somewhere, dropped off, exactly. or, or chances are I won't make it. I exactly. see some incredible parts of the world uh, simply because I've got lost. I'll, <laughs> I'll be in a meeting <laughs> and I start out very early, so I'm not late, so I'm never late. But I'll go. Oh, you know, I, I was coming here and I and I saw this and this and this. And they're like, "How did you? How did you end up there?" <laughs> like, yeah, I get lost quite a bit. Oh, that's that's yeah. I know the feeling. And that's so. Thank you so much, Mark. If anyone, My pleasure. Anyone who's listening to the podcast, if you want to check out what Mark's doing, truthplane.com. I've got that right. Spelt that right. Truthplane.com. His video on his homepage is awesome. Go have a watch. And if you're looking to be a better presenter, do do look out to him. I know we've had some questions about that, so please do uh, look towards him. He is awesome. Thank you.